Now. Three, two, one, go! This is episode 48 of the Cool Down Time podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and I'm joined once again and as always by the co-op co-host extraordinaire himself, Pablo, to talk about gaming's best and bootiest. A lot more booty this week than I was expecting, but but we're here, Pablo. How you doing, man? Well, Pablo316 just said I, uh, I'm going to whoop your ass. Why, why did it get mm. so violent for no reason? You're cutting a wrestling promo right now is the problem. I don't like any of that. It's 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 your aggression from the bad news you got. Last oh, that's week. right. I, I must yeah, have masked yeah. that, and I didn't even realize it. Yeah, we're gonna do a mental health check on Pablo. Well, he needed one anyway, but he definitely <laughs> needs one. <laughs> definitely needs one after what happened with uh, his his beloved Nintendo franchise that? that he adores and. And and has a tattoo of on his uh, his his arm and inner thigh. This is uh, uh this is Mother Teresa, tattoo. Lower back. Are <laughs> oh, you getting a redone as Mother Teresa? Yeah. That's wild. I'll put a veil over oh, her whole ass head. <laughs> well, in this episode, as you heard, we are going to be covering uh, Zelda's delay to 2023. Also, how PS Plus, the new PS Plus that is, uh, stacks up to Game Pass and much much more. So if you like what you hear, if you're a new listener, a returning listener, thanks for checking us out. And give our podcast a sub if you haven't already. We drop new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps that you might like. And you might also like to follow us on Instagram at Podcast or Twitter at Pod to stay connected with us in between episodes. So without further ado, Pablo, why don't we go ahead and jump off with Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, so for me, uh, other than laughing at your expense, I don't really have too much else to bring to Loadouts uh, <laughs> this week. Um, just been playing the usual stuff, Elden Ring, uh, still jumping in some GTA. Uh, tried a little bit of GTA Online, actually, to see if they kind of re- yeah. restructured things, and they actually did. I haven't followed anything about that whole thing for a while, so that, that was kind of a new thing. I, I don't think I'm going to play much of it because it's GTA Online. And right, it's, right. Not a very me thing to do, but uh, yeah, just kind of the usual assortment of stuff for me, so I don't really have anything to talk about, but you do. Yeah. Uh, because you're playing a really, really interesting DLC from uh, one of our favorite games of last year, mm-hmm. so floor is yours. What do you got going on? Yeah, man. Um, listen, those of you who heard our, our podcast last uh, last year know that we are big fans of Lost Judgment. Uh, those of you who, true. who uh, yep. know me, I'm a, and, and Marco as well, Yakuza fans. Uh, I'm a big Judgment fan. I, I love the whole series so far, uh, and and I, I I guess this was announced. I wasn't really too sure about it, but out of nowhere, the Lost Judgment Kaito Files DLC came out, and it was a side story, you know, a downloadable content, uh, kind of a campaign. And I didn't know what to expect coming into it, just because of the fact that there wasn't a lot of hype behind it, and there still isn't. Nobody's really talking about it. But dude, this is legitimate it is it is a a it's a personal low stakes story um it, it's not really about like alzheimer's <laughs> or some kind of <laughs> yo you never played judgment before guys man they yeah. 
The subject matters. It's crazy. They go places. Yeah, they, they, it's nuts. It's not. It's not a lost judgment at all. Isn't about a, a murdered case or anything like that. Uh, it's yeah. a case of a missing person that Kaito has to go and find, and this person has a really personal connection to to Kaito. I won't spoil the story other than that. Uh, but they really go places here that the main kind of intent is to build character or build Kaito up to a point where I feel he his backstory and the amount of heart that they gave him has give, has made him more interesting than Yagami, which is the 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 protagonist from the Judgment series. You know, he Yeah, I was just I was just going to say if you haven't played this game, this this guy that that is the main person in this this DLC is the sidekick of the main right. character of Lost of the Judgment series. So, he's been more of like the brutish sort of somewhat two-dimensional guy, well, I'm down for a fight kind of guy and there was not much else there other than just, you know, yeah. one-liners and stuff. Typical so. sidekick behavior uh yeah. to a point where in the first Judgment game, I kind of didn't really enjoy him. Uh he actually came into uh, he was a little better in in Lost Judgment for sure, but like like Marco was explaining, typical sidekick behavior. Um uh, and they've managed to co- completely turn that around and really make him a leading man. Now, whether or not that's because they have to, because if they want to continue the Judgment series, I know that the actor, the Japanese voice actor for and the likeness of Yagami had a big thing with the uh, studio about Steam yeah. sales or something, him getting con- some kind of compensation for that, which was on part of the contract. And, 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 Sega, and Sega, specifically Japanese uh, companies, will cut people off with the quickness. There was the one guy, I think, one of the Yakuza games, Yakuza 6, or maybe the last Yakuza that came out that was found with cocaine on him, uh, unrelated. Oh, that was, and, uh, that was the original Judgment. Yeah, original Judgment, that's right. And they found some cocaine on the guy and completely took him out the game. They're like... like What's wrong with cocaine? Like, all of it. Just he, His existence completely wiped. Anyway, so maybe that's what's going on here. But listen, it's easier said than done. They, they managed to do that. I mean, they really... They really took some moments here. Uh, there, there's a boss fight halfway through this game that I think had more impact on me emotionally than any other boss fight in any Yakuza game or Judgment game period because it's dumb, it's hand-fisted, it's silly. They definitely overplay their hand, but it's effective in a way that mm. um, I think you'd understand if you if you got to play uh, if you get to play this uh, DLC. But ultimately, really, this is. Not a lot has changed from Lost Judgment. There isn't really a lot of side missions to speak of. Uh, it's all about the main story. It's a little longer than I thought. People were saying four or five hours. It's actually closer to seven hours. Uh, I, I oh, clocked in bad. about seven and a half hours once uh, the time was up. Uh, some of that might have been pausing, but not really because I, I when I played this, I played this like nonstop. Uh, so that was uh, great. My only mm. kind of takeaways, I think, was what I was mentioning. There's no side missions to speak of, uh, and, and I think that um, I, I would love to have seen maybe a little bit more a story because there's some certain things that happen at towards the end <clears throat> that really feel rushed. I, I would say the last chapter of the game structurally is very problematic in terms of how they kind of relay the story. And I feel like it's all rushing. It's like, this is the last chapter and they put a lot mm-hmm. into it that really felt like, man, if they would have gave them, given this a little more time, it would have been something really, really extremely special. Uh, I think I still man. prefer Lost Judgment overall uh, in terms the of main like, story, the main story. Mean? But this is yeah. such a small kind of truncated story. And the ending of this is is so good. It's it's so wholesome. It, it really just it, it really just takes uh, these very very tropey things that it, once you guys play this, if you guys get to play this, you'll understand what I'm talking about when I call tropey. Um, 
And then it just flips it and just makes this positive, like, really heartwarming story. And really what you get out of this at the end of the day is Kaito and, and him just being a super interesting character. To the point where I kind of want to see him in the next Judgment game, like, as the main protagonist. Because it is that mm-hmm. good. And some characters that they introduce. Uh, I don't know if you guys know um, of the YouTube guy called Young Yi. Uh, Young Yi, yeah. Young yeah, yeah, and he's in the game. He's like a he's like a big part of the game, and it's su- super weird, kind of uh, hearing his voice. And but all the with that said, including his, even though it sounds just like him on YouTube, uh, all the voice acting is great. Uh, the American voice acting, everything is fantastic. I, it just really is one hell of a surprise, and I am super happy I played it. I'm happy it exists. I hope we get more cool. of it, or or I don't think that's the case, but I hope we do. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I loved it. You have any questions in terms of it? No, no, I talked to you about some of the main stuff um, yeah. offline about the length of it and everything and, and just the price, um, you know, the, the value proposition there. Yeah. And, and it sounds like it's uh, it's it's probably worth a playthrough. I'm probably going to wait till it's on sale, though. Yeah, um, I, personally. I, I would say, you know, in terms of value proposition, I think that obviously that's that's a question for individuals, like, you know, what they think. But sure, yeah. I would say if, if we're just going to purely talk about the, the 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 content of the game, the the length of the game, and the price. I do feel that the price is, is is a little high because when you look at content wise as to what you expect from a Yakuza game, you know, not a lot there. Uh, and they do do a lot of rinse and repeat of like mechanics of Lost Judgment and even areas mm-hmm. of Lost Judgment that they go back to just because that's available to them within that game um, mechanic or or the world that they've already built for that game. So you know you'll run into a lot of weird. Um, uh, moments where they kind of shoehorn in uh, a, a a chase sequence or a uh, kind of sneaking around sequence or a tailing sequence that sometimes go on a little long or don't go on long enough to kind of, you know, why did, why was this even part of a thing? There's a part in this game where I had to sneak through this hallway that took me 10 seconds. Why did I have to do that? Why couldn't it have just been another uh, boss fight? Oh, mm-hmm. and to close it all off, uh, the boss fights in this game are really, 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 are really good. Like, I, they, they're all memorable in their own way. Uh, the only thing is I wish that they had a little more character development to kind of really get you into, like, the emotional gravitas yeah. that they're going for. But uh, overall, man, it's one hell of experience. Yeah, definitely a playthrough. I know you asked me if it's something you should just watch or play. 100% play it. I, 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 I want okay. you to play this. Uh, but, yeah, I would probably wait for it to either uh, go on sale or because a lot of the Yakuza games have been going on to... Um, Game Pass, maybe, uh, maybe eventually it'll get there, uh, or even yeah. it might be on sale via Game Pass, like a discount eventually. So yeah, check that out for sure. Uh, big recommend right. for me. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll wait. It's thirty bucks right now. Probably wait for it to go on sale. There's always some kind of DLC sale later in the year. So yeah, I'll just wait yeah. for that. I, 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 I um, agree. That, that's good. And I, and and for what you pay for, what you'll get, you'll be really, really impressed. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, I know it's kind of a quick segment for loadouts this week, but that is going to do it for uh, loadouts this week. So let's go ahead and jump right into our new segment of the show that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the giggles here because I've lost my my all of my last brain cells. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> all right. Great. We're back though. I'm trying. I'm trying to loosen Pablo up. Trying to make him laugh. Trying to make him smile because 
It's been a rough time if you're a Zelda fan, and I know my boy's been going through it since 2021. Really, even before that, before man, that, you yeah. you've been on the you've been on the the the, the train of it. This game is it might be close to done for for a long time. So yeah. Uh, nevertheless, here we go. The untitled sequel to 2017's Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild has been delayed to spring of 2023. The producer of the game has provided no direct explanation for the delay and only reiterated that the game would feature new encounters, gameplay elements, and more in this land and sky-based adventure. Given that this game was announced three years ago and still lacks an official name and specifics regarding the contents of this game, is there any cause for concern or is this simply a delay to polish the game? Pablo, I want to go ahead and let you get your bars off about this. I'll jump in when you're done. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a cause for concern, but there is definitely a cause for frustration over the handling of this game. Uh, delays in Zelda games, Nintendo, that, that goes hand in hand. Uh, I looked up all the history of all the other Zelda games. They've pretty much all been delayed uh, const- uh, more than once, in, in some cases three or four times. So in terms of concern, no, I, there's not really much to be concerned about when Nintendo is dealing with one of their main franchises, a Mario game or a Zelda game. And if there is a cause for concern, like with, with Metroid Prime 4, They'll just go ahead and hit the restart button with no problem. They're not gonna. They're not gonna release a, a game that's going to be less than in terms of how they expect the game to be. But I think overall, for me, um, the frustration just kind of lies in that. Okay, cool. Delaying the game to make it better, that's fine. I, I'm all for that, especially if it's Breath of the Wild, uh, a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Obviously, we want the best. Uh, the best. The best that game can be, we want it when it releases, sure. But like Marco was saying, there's just not a lot there. And uh, I I would say it gets to a certain point where I'm questioning whether or not they had this game ironed out in terms of the ambition of the game when they first announced it three years ago. Was it going to be kind of like a side story thing? Did it evolve and grow into something else? Because it, it gets to a certain point where it's like, you're... I, I, Okay, maybe not knowing the title of the name uh, of the game is one thing because they the rumor was that it it spoils a mechanic or story element that they yet have to to reveal. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. Untitled. Okay, but everything else we just found out what last year that there's a sky element to it. We've seen some things in terms of like um, the powers where he like can go into this, like the water and like come up the other end. Like that's all we have in terms of a new mechanic. Obviously. Um, Link looks different, uh, there's something going on with his arm, all that stuff, these little hints that we get, that if you really want to kind of break down as to what it could mean, you have to dig through YouTube and see hundreds and hundreds of people kind of breaking these down analysis yeah, videos, analysis, yeah. things that are like mini school that mean nothing or can mean something, I'm sure one of those videos will probably write along the road, but the issue that I'm having is the, the simple fact that I don't know anything about this game other than the fact that Link is in it, and Zelda's in it. Um, like, I, obviously, the sky portions of it, yeah, all that new mechanic stuff, yeah. But in terms of everything else surrounding the game, I really don't. I really don't get it. I, I, I don't get why I announced the game three or three years ago was it, and then not really have anything to say about it three years later. Uh, delay it as they did. And then not really and have a whole video of nothing. Maybe like one or two different kind of uh, shots of Link's arm or whatever. But not not it's 
it's shrouded in so much secrecy that it gets to the point where it's annoying because the secrecy is annoying. It's yes. annoying because yes. now it says it's spring 2023. God knows if that's going to happen. You know, and then 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 you have the speculation of oh because they're waiting for the new switch. I I I don't know if that's true. Nintendo's been really clear about then. I'm working on a Switch Pro. They're working on the next iteration of Switch. I, regardless of what that is, even if that's the case, you have to get to a certain point and say what it is. Because even me, I have all the patience in the world for Zelda. Like all the delays, you know, from previous years, I've I've made all the excuses for it. Like you know whatever. But it got to it, it's a certain point right now where. I just feel like they probably. I'm not gonna say that they bit off more than what they could, they can chew, but I think that their ambitions to the game changed, uh, and 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 which is par for the course again for Zelda. I know the Zelda we the Wii U Zelda game transformed into to Breath of the Wild, and they kind of redid everything, and they had a large portion of that game done, but the physics mechanic took them years mm-hmm. and years to to kind of get right. All that stuff, I get it, fine. Yeah, but you have to. Be clear with us here. I think you have to tell us something. You got to give us something uh, to, to the fans and the non-fans just so we understand what it is, it's, what exactly is happening because you will get into those those conversations where people are like, oh, we're worried about the game. Yeah. Or, you know, yep. and, and that's fair. And those are fair uh, criticisms as well. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I thought you were going to be angrier than this. I'm going to go ahead and... Well, I mean... Let, I'm, let me... Let me. I'm upset. You know what? I'm not even angry. I'm kind of just disappointed. I'm Mostly, I'm upset because it's like, <laughs> when are we going to play this game? When is it going to happen? And why don't I know the title? Why don't I know any kind of game mechanics? And a portion of it could come out like, oh, that's just a Zelda fan trying to, you know, get all the... Yeah, maybe. But also, as... I, removing myself just as a video game fan any other franchise that were to do this kind of uh, talk about a game that came out three, uh, announced three years ago and then you don't know jack shit about it people are gonna pile on it like there's there's games out there right now that are people like for example what's that game from um, uh, the uh, Chernobyl game what's it called Stalker 2 Stalker 2 like you know we know a little bit about that game but it, it got announced what two years ago we I've done a lot of shitting on that game because I, I think it's vaporware. I don't think it exists. I think it's all this. And, and and you know, we give, I give Zelda the benefit of the doubt, but it gets to a certain point where it's like, what is this game? What are we doing? What's going on? And and them mm. not being clear at all. It's disappointing. It's, I'm beyond uh, upset now. I'm just disappointed. I'm frustrated. I'm sad, man. I'm angry. His, his, his beer can is quivering right no, now. No, this is he's water can. It. He's on his ninth one. Um, so here's the thing. I um I'm gonna be a little mean here. Um, Nintendo has a lot of nerve for for what they did here, and, and I and I want to be clear. I'm not upset that the game is delayed because I've half jokingly told Pablo many times it's not coming out this year. I told Pablo in 2021 it's not coming out this year. Um, I have always kind of believed in my heart of hearts. This was around the time, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it gets delayed to like later in 2023 as well. Yeah, if that happens, um, that's got to be console just, related at that point. Yeah. Just me personally. Yeah, and who knows what the reasons would be, but I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Now, but that's not why I'm upset at Nintendo. I am really, really bothered by the delivery of this news. You provide a 90-second video on YouTube. You have... Uh, sorry, I can't say his name probably right, but uh, Ig Onuma or whatever his Anuma. name is, Anuma, comes out 
says that the game is getting delayed, walks away and slams the door behind him, metaphorically. Didn't really happen that way. There was no door. Might as well. What a cold way to disappoint your fans. Yeah. And I really want to lean into that here because you touched on it already, but I'm going to kind of double down on it. You could delay the game if you want to delay the game, if you need to delay the game. But to do that and then peace out without giving anybody anything, whether it's new information, the name of the game for Pete's sake, as some sort of apology, a new trailer, something to at least lift the veil. It's fine that the game needs more time, but you don't necessarily need more time to reveal the game. So I'm, I'm, I don't really care at this point whether the title of this game is directly intertwined with a gameplay element or the hook of the game, whatever it may be, show it. It's, it's time to see that. It's time. Yeah, I, I think it's a, this is a this is a three year old announcement. I don't care anymore about. Well, they're holding back because it's time to show your hand. Well, no, I I, I think you're right. I, I also think that even if the title is directly attached to, let's say Zelda's Awakening, where it kind of reveals that Zelda is a playable character. Okay, cool. So what you have to do is now show me Zelda is a playable character and then give me the title. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. making the excuse where it's like, well, the title's going to ruin it. Oh, well. Just, oh, I'm not saying you are. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know. I know. But I'm just saying. Just this is the position that it. you as a Zelda fan has been put in by yeah. them to have to kind of think this way. And it sucks. And I think they should, sh- and I think they should show the gameplay already. If that's the case, then like you said, in order to kind of appease us and give us something, show us what that title is going to spoil. And that's it. Because obviously it's not going to spoil a story element. They wouldn't have it in the title. Sure, and, and, and I know what some people are going to say, but Marco, they don't have to. You know you're going to buy the game. Everybody or almost everybody with a Switch is going to buy the game. That's why it's they frustrating. They don't have to. They're not beholden to you and your timing of when you want to see X, Y, or Z. You're absolutely right. I'm buying the game. Pablo's buying the game. It's a done deal. That doesn't mean that you can't make the process of waiting for your game smoother or better it's actually more frustrating no one no one told you to announce the game three years ago no one told them to do that that was their decision and we've seen this happen with sony and microsoft they all do this now where they're announcing games well before they need to um i've heard it's because they're kind of announcing games early is almost like a a job posting to get people to work to come and want to work on a game have it on their resume and that's whatever but you're still making that choice to do that, and you don't have a rollout as to why you're doing that. You right. don't have a, a strategy from announcement to release as to what you're going to do with how you're going to provide some type of slow drip or any kind of drip of content or information about your games. This is a problem that I'm noticing in the industry, and Nintendo is doing it in a big way. It's been it, When this game comes out, it'll have been six years since Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah, That in and of itself time. is a long time. But you, but they managed to make the wait between Breath of the Wild and when this game comes out excruciatingly annoying. And so for that, again, I don't care that the game needs more time, and I'm sure it's going to be great. I just think that the, the, the journey they are kind of making Zelda fans have to suffer through right now is, is just ridiculous. And I think that they, 
you know, they're not going to take flack for it because it's it's going to be the take your time king type of response. And that's what it's mainly been out there. But and on our side here, uh, uh, this podcast, not so happy. The thing is, is, is if what you said, what people are going to say is like, well, they don't have to do that. They're, they're not beholden to you. You're going to buy the game. That's exactly why it's so frustrating because they know that and they're using that. They're taking advantage of the fact that people are going to buy this game regardless of what they say or do. Right. And that's what's frustrating because I am a I am a Zelda fan. I obviously love the games. So they, it, it, they're not doing right by me. You know, and that's right. what's most exactly. frustrating because, of course, I'm going to buy this game. And if it's bad, it's bad, and I'm going to buy the next one and the next one. It, you know, you know, Skyward Sword didn't stop me from buying Zelda games or being excited for them. So the fact that they know that, if specifically with the loyal fan base, that that's not going anywhere, and the fact that they're doing it like the way they're doing it, it it's a little, it, it's a, it's very frustrating because they are clearly yeah. taking advantage. They're not giving a, a, a slight fuck about the fan base because <laughs> they know they're going to sell millions and millions and millions of copies. It is a weird rollout all the way. I, I, I don't know what, what the hell they were thinking here. Uh, you know, when Mario games are, are, are announced, they are announced months before they release. Uh, it, it's, it's a weird approach, uh, which I would love to know the story behind this game as a, what exactly changed here. Um, but yeah. Spice alert. Spice alert. Uh, Zelda scared of a little game called Elden Ring, in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, I think Nintendo, at, at least in some part, I, I I don't doubt they need more time to work on the game, but I think they're ducking the Elden Ring right yeah. now. I think I I think they want no parts. I've had some conversations of trying to compete with Elden Ring for Game of the Year this year, and I've had some conversations with other people about this. And one of the things that they've come back with is like they're not even the same kind of game. They're doing different things. Doesn't matter. That's that's not what we're, we're not talking about. Like they're going to fill the same void. No, no, no. It's about uh, the conversation in, in, in the in in the public, the conversation in the media, uh, critic conversation, all those things. Uh, Elden Ring has covered and covered in spades, and they're going to dominate the conversation for a long time to come. So when people talk about Game of the Year, they talk about uh, one of the best games of the year, they're always going to talk about Elden Ring. And then adding Zelda into that, now Zelda's sharing the spotlight with that game. And I think what 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 they want is to have the year for themselves, like they had uh, they had before. And, yep. and I think a lot of games are going to run into that. I am here sitting thinking about, you know, Sony's been really loud about everything else, but uh, God of War. You know what I mean? Like they, they talked about everything. When I say mm-hmm. everything, they had they had a goddamn state of play for a Harry <laughs> Potter game, and they haven't said anything about God of War. So I, I you know, that's just kind of me uh, being a little spicy here. But I mean, I don't know, man. They, they're du- yeah. I think they're ducking them. I think they're absolutely. They don't even if they feel like their game better. Would, would mop up matter, all the yeah. awards and stuff. They the mere threat of having the showdown against Elden Ring. They don't want Nobody that kind of headline. It. They want their own lane if they're Nintendo, and they know like 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 we said at the top of this. Uh, they know people are going to buy the game whenever they put it out. They, they can delay this thing to 2024, and people will be like, "Yep, I'll be there." It, so let's it be is little, what it is. Let's so be a little facetious here. What do you think? Do you think with this kind of delay, do you think Elden Ring is pretty much the surefire game of the year contender for just about everybody? No, no, no. I I, I, I want to wait it out. I think it's going to hinge on where God mm-hmm. of War 
uh, ends up landing, if it comes out this year and how it's shaping up. I think that and Starfield um, and just the the Xbox fandom and momentum yeah. that's happening right now just in general could really propel that as a contender if it lives up Do to you... the hype. So I, I'm not going to say that Elden Ring isn't beatable, but it, the odds yeah. are definitely in its yeah, favor I, for sure I think um I, I for me personally I think that those those are the two games that you've mentioned are the games that could potentially uh, be on par or 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 even beat it I mean you know I, I think a lot of people you get pushback about the God of War thing because it's like well it's not open world it's not gonna doesn't matter um a video game is a video game and if it's as enjoyable uh for different reasons I I think God of War is a, a surefire uh you know it's gonna mm-hmm. be in the conversation for sure if it comes out <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing but uh anyways uh we got to move on but yep it's uh it is a strange time to be a zelda fan yep uh for sure uh let, let's hope for uh let's hope for the name of the game uh sometime this uh this this year uh, the legend nice. of um, Link, waiting until spring. Zelda's Awakening. Not waiting until spring to get the uh, the, the announcement of the name and the game and at the same in the same quarter. That would really imagine you imagine they're like we're not going to uh, tell you the but, game uh, release the title of the game until after a year later. That way you guys uh, <laughs> we don't spoil anything. Yo, that would be so. Oh my god! And Nintendo is dumb <laughs> enough to do something like that too. I bet. Um, let's move on though. Um, more bad news this time, not just in uh, the realm of Nintendo, but kind oh, of yeah. for the industry. Uh, E3 is dead. <laughs> they killed it. They killed my boy <laughs> under the ground with dirt on its head. Okay. Uh, for now, though, for now, uh, the gaming industry's marquee event has been completely canceled this year with no physical or digital events taking place at all. The ESA has stated that instead, quote, we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. So, Pablo, what is our take on this? What should these companies do, and how excited yeah, is Jeff Keighley? Yeah, Jeff Keighley's on Cloud9. I honestly think there's just so much digital events. Anybody can do what they want in that in that kind of space that it makes sense for DSA um, to kind of just uh, pump their brakes. I think what they're trying to do oh, is yeah. they're trying to figure out like what they said what, what what as to what they want E3 to be going forward. And look, planning any event, especially one of this size, is time-consuming, costly. And I think if they put time to spend money and put time into making this year's E3 and then another COVID-19 surge happens and they're forced to shut it down, I think it it would ruin them, the cost-effectiveness of it. I think they're playing it safe. Uh, I think the whole kind of like E3 is dead thing, it's dead this year. E3 is is not going anywhere. E3 is a good event, regardless of ESA's uh, many, many, many attempts to to kind of like shit the bed. I, I think that the event itself is important. It's been a part of our lives for such a long time, a, an exciting part of our lives. And, you know, obviously things need to evolve. They need to change. Hopefully they're able to keep up with the times. But ultimately, I, I just think that they're sure. a, at this point trying to figure it all out to see what exactly their next steps are. Uh, and, and they have to evolve. And they have to evolve pretty quickly. And they have to do a really good job at that because, you know, 
summer game fest and 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 just companies deciding to do their own thing nintendo's directs also are part of the fact that how how things have changed sony state of plays as well uh so you know you, we'll have all the other award shows gamescom tsa you know the pax ones e3 is is vital and i think it's an important to the industry as long as it's able to keep up with demand and the times and i hope that they figure that out next year um I think that E3, um, the, the the opinions about E3 not being a necessity anymore for the industry is, is um, in my opinion, I, I, I think it's wrong. Yeah, I disagree same. with it. Um, I think that E3 has a very important place in the industry, not just as a fan of gaming and as a consumer that wants the big, you know, uh, right. the big events and big reveals and stuff. But it's a really important time to advertise and market your your games. And I think we can sit back and go, well, yeah, well, Nintendo's already doing state of, uh, not state of yeah. plays, uh, directs, and Sony's doing state of plays, and Xbox does random stuff, however they do stuff. But that doesn't really account for third parties and publishers um, that, that need yeah. that platform to say what they're doing, to to get some traction and some excitement around what they're working on. So I think it's going to be a really fascinating year where um, I do think we're going to have those like E3 substitutes for sure. I, I do still feel like Xbox is going to do something pretty similar yeah. to what they always do um, because I think they've always embraced that, that time of year as a good time to sort of, you know, uh, build up some mo- momentum and announce some stuff to kind of carry them through the remainder of the year. Um, I think Sony and Nintendo will still do Sony and Nintendo things, but I do see it, you know, as much as I joked about it, you know, with Jeff Keighley, I, I think he is, I think he is excited I mean, as hell to, he's shown as to much really on blow Twitter, this out. Nuts, we? Yeah. He's out here <laughs> winking. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and so, I, I hate to be so anti Keely, but I'm actually kind of dreading Keely sort of making it making yeah. it his time because he does he does come through sometimes and, and get and snag some stuff and make you go I mean like you know the series X was Massive, yeah. revealed on, on, on his watch, right? Which is kinda dope. So he's had his moments. But he also Keelyfies things and it turns into glorified ads and Keely. commercials and you know, of, of Intel, you know, stuff. It's like, what, okay, what are we doing here? So I don't want, what, what I don't want is for that type of stuff to start happening um, in a way that just kind of, it, it's almost the wrong kind of opportunism. Look, in my opinion, you, you have to have um, competition because like, like you said, it, Jeff Keeley being kind of the, the, the biggest player this summer and, and not much else coming close other than the directs and the state of plays, there's gonna just gonna be an opportunity here for ads to on ads on ads on ads because they have no these 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 companies have nowhere else to go and, and Jeff Keeley's never never saw an ad he didn't like I'll tell you that right now uh you know and mm-hmm. and a lot of these ads also are are, are Jeff Keeley ads about you know when when uh, Among Us had the Jeff Keeley mask and he was like oh my god you guys are serious yeah. uh but you know it, it I, I I think Jeff Keeley is a very important figure in video games and I think he's kind of emerged to be you you know one of these guys that like you said, uh, are, are, are 
will will have have come through when it comes to announcements. And I think having E3 and then having Summer Game Fest, I mean, we all win on that on that front. Um, and a lot of people have said, well, Nintendo and Sony have already pulled out of E3 as much. So yeah, that that is true. But there are there it's there's a lot left in there in terms of what they can show. And like you said, like other companies and other game developers can actually have a big stage to to, to talk about uh their their games that are coming out so mm-hmm. I, I i can't wait for next year to see what exactly happens uh and i am a little bit dreading of the the yeah. whole jeff Keeley uh summer of 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 him summer summer of hero complex <laughs> oh, um from jeff Keeley. that's what i'm afraid of but uh we'll, we'll see how it goes um next and final hit point news oh, yeah. item kotaku has posted a news story regarding how one of Microsoft's first-party studios, Undead Labs, had at one point suffered from sexism, bullying, and a lack of direction and protection by Microsoft uh, from a few years ago. Uh, Key thing there. Current and former employees behind the State of Decay series described these issues as, quote, death by a thousand cuts, end quote and harbor blame towards Microsoft for not having been hands-on enough to ensure that the studio's work environment and output were in good standing after their acquisition uh, in 2018. Considering that this was another story of another troubled first-party studio uh, at Microsoft with both workplace culture and game development suffering, um, even though this is an old uh, an old issue that has since been resolved with this studio, as we came to find out later on, um, what kind of what kind of impression is this giving us about Microsoft now that you know this has sort of been in in the news a lot with you know kind of the issues with three four three happening development wise, perfect dark fiasco, and now we're finding out another studio is kind of struggling. Another unrelated thing was we found out that that Playground Games is is kind of um, still trying to figure out how to make a third-person yeah, yeah. game right now, which is a little alarming for Fable. Um, and now we have this new story again, old, but still it's, it's uh, here now. So let's it's relevant it. because it kind of just goes back to to showing us how long this has been happening. Where you know the whole autonomy to each studios is is good for creative, but also it's yep. not as good when it comes to the business side of it. And it looks like you know a lot of this stuff was happening over there, and that. It felt like Undead Labs didn't really have anywhere to go. Like, they, yes, they were owned by the biggest corporation in the world with Microsoft, yet they didn't feel like Microsoft was uh, was there enough, uh, their presence enough, or had like an open door policy to where they can actually go and, and talk about that kind of stuff. So I, I think that that bleeds over perfectly to what's happening right now with all these studios. A lot of like, a lot of people are being left in the wind, and a lot of things like, okay, cool, we can do what we want here, but also we got no support, and yet we were purchased by it. So it's like this. this this false sense of independence, but also knowing that you're not independent, but yet not having that help there at all. Um, so it's it, it, it's an issue that mm-hmm. that is long standing here with Microsoft, uh, and I think we found a little bit of the um, 
of the imperfection, as we're going to say, of the Phil Spencer era a little, where I think Phil Spencer is being a little bit too much of a good guy in that way, where it's like, we're going to let these studios do what they want, which is good, but also, like I've mentioned, is not the best way you want to go about it. You need that structure, especially if you're going to make, uh, you know, make these really good games. Like, uh, one of the things that kind of like would compare it to, which is not the same, but it is a little bit, it's like Kevin Feige for the MCU. If he were to kind of let everybody do their thing it, it would kind of have been a, a little bit of a mess there needs to be some kind of structure within all those films and then structure with all these games where the, it's it there has to be something there there has to be a, a a factor where everybody can go to phil spencer or feel comfortable going to microsoft for any issues that they may have which will have resolved a lot of stuff that's been happening little things that may seem not not like huge things but ultimately they become problematic like giving like you said giving a company that's never done a third person uh uh game a third person game them struggling shocker like who would have thought that was gonna happen like of course so it, it just yeah. it there's an issue right now that i think microsoft has been very 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 slow to address and even talk about which is that's concerning yeah i uh i i totally agree i think you know the first thing on my notes is uh autonomy yeah. is failing um and yes, this is a no. This this is not a new uh, situation that's currently happening right now. It's it's been resolved for all intents and purposes. But it's another example that this sort of business practice of autonomy is it's great on paper. It's great to attract talent that doesn't want to be micromanaged or you know you know pushed around. But it doesn't quite. It doesn't right. quite solve every problem, and I think we're seeing it again here. I'll be honest. Um, I'm a little put off by Microsoft right now, uh, just kind of holistically. I think that they have been sort of lifted up as like the the, the savior of, of console gaming right now, and I think we'll touch on that in the next segment uh, when we talk about Game Pass and PS Plus. And I'm not going to sit here and undermine all the good of of xbox and microsoft but this this is getting a little absurd for me uh in a sense of just seeing another example and 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 i think the fact that this is an older story is actually part of why i'm 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 more annoyed because they were having these problems pre-acquisition overload right with bethesda and and activision blizzard so they were already struggling with uh, the, the the pros and cons of autonomy before they added more to their plate. So you're dealing with sexism, bullying issues, and 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 you know issues with like how to direct your game. And of course, it's affecting State of Decay three because we have no idea where yeah. that game is either. Yep. Right. Um, and now you have a team problem. And now you're if you're Phil Spencer, that's not the only issue that's hitting your desk. Now you've got this initiative problem. You've got, you know, 343 figuring out at the time, of course, again, this is not current, but at the time figuring out how the hell to make a good Halo. And now you fast forward all this time later, and now you're buying studios to try to compensate for more autonomy issues. And you're only creating... Uh, like like I said before, now you're stuck with autonomy because there's no way you can nope. manage all these different these different. Uh, you, you can't spin these many plates by yourself. So I think uh, first and foremost, I'm glad that this has seemingly been resolved for the studio and that there's a better work environment and work culture for these people. But 
still don't have a game and you're still living and dying by autonomy and it hasn't really proved to be working in your favor all that well if you're Microsoft in my personal opinion. So is it time to wave a red flag about Microsoft? I I'm getting there. I'm not quite there yet. I I feel like I'm one story away. If I hear hear one one more thing, thing, like we've heard Playground Games is struggling, 343 is struggling, the initiative struggling. If I find out the coalition is going through a hard time right now, if anybody's having a bad day at that office, I'm wild. You're going nuts. (laughs) I'm going ham hock. Um, But, you know, uh, hopefully everybody that that went through the the rough time there is uh, in a better space or in a better place. Yeah, it's uh, a problem. So it's a whole problem. Um, but now we're going to crack the biggest problem, air quotes, uh, that gaming seems to have, which is uh, talking about PS Plus. So we're going to go ahead and transition over to the main event of our show, which is the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right. So if you've been living under a rock, you probably didn't know this, but Sony did a, did a whole thing with their PlayStation Plus uh, service. Uh, The rumors about there being a Project Spartacus proved as expected to be true as Sony has merged merged PS Now and PS Plus to create a new (laughs) three-tiered merged uh, three-tiered subscription service uh, for the new PS Plus. The tiers are as follows. Uh, Essential is the base tier that offers the same service and price as the current PS Plus service. Extra is the one that adds on a selection of roughly 400 uh, downloadable PS4 and PS5 games. And then Premium will add all of those things, plus downloadable PS1, PS2, and PSP games, along with, unfortunately, streaming access to PS3 games, and game trials. In an interview about the possibility of adding first-party games to the service day and date, Jim Ryan explained that it would not be feasible for PlayStation, stating, quote, the level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games we would make would not be something that gamers want. Yeah. So, there we are. That's what we got. Um, so what we're going to do, now that we kind of have that there, is we're going to talk about kind of the pros and cons of this new PS Plus model based on this new information about the tiers and what Jim Ryan had to say. We'll talk about where we think PS Plus stacks up in terms of who it's good for and who it's not good for uh, consumer-wise. And then just kind of what the upsides and downsides are for this model for Sony. Then we'll switch over and talk about Game Pass and talk about their their pros and cons, what kind of consumers that's good for or not good for, and uh, the upsides and downsides as well, and then kind of see where we land at the very end. Um, so Pablo, kind of based on what we outlined there about the new service, what Jim Ryan said, talk to me. What are the pros and cons, in your opinion, of this new PS Plus model based on everything I mean, uh, we've heard? The pros are that it, it consolidates something into this one thing. 
you know, no longer do you have to have a subscription for PS Now and also have uh, a subscription for uh, PS Plus. It, it consolidates those things into a, a pretty cool package. At, at $14.99, you're right there with kind of what Game Pass Ultimate is um, in terms of, uh, you know, your, your, your gold access or your PS Plus access and then the fact that you have access to PS4 and PS5 games. Um, I will say, though, um, in terms of cons... It's still PS Now. It's still PS Now games. It's still PS Now. The, the the assortment of games, the 400 games that are available, are still the games that are uh, on the system now, which which isn't great. And I'll, I think it'll be up to. I think it's going up to 700. Yeah, yeah. I believe from yeah, what I saw. which which is fine. It's, it's cool to have a place to go and 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 and, and download those games. That's it's it's great. Um, I would say though uh, that the uh, one of the cons that I see here is that the premium at 17.99. It, it, I don't. I think it's going to be a hard sell for some, uh, because of the fact. Just a simple, mm-hmm. simple, simple, simple comparison of well, fourteen ninety nine. I get to play Starfield, you know, uh, day one or a, a day one kind of game like that. That that simple kind of take. It's going to be a hard sell for some, uh, but ultimately, if you're an old, uh, if you're a fan of PS one, PS two, uh, even PS three games, this is this is a really good deal for you. Um, I think one of the things that PlayStation has going for it is the fact that Pablo, you're not allowed oh, to say right. it's a good deal. You're not allowed that's to say right. it's a good that's deal right. in any that's context. Right. You, you, you got to follow the echo. Oh uh, my bad. This rules. is this is terrible. Oh they can't compete. This is no game it's pass killer. And, and look, and let's be real, it's not a game pass killer. Sony can't compete with Game Pass. No. And Jim Ryan just told you that. Like it, the simple fact that people are are either going one way or the other, like, oh, like they try to kill they're not trying to compete with Game Pass here. They're not trying to kill Game Pass. They're trying to simply have their own kind of uh system in place where you can go to one place and get all these games. One thing that Jim Ryan has said that is very telling here, and people should understand, is Jim Ryan does not believe that the future of video games are subscriptions. He thinks it's they're live service games. So he is focused on that. And so with that, you have to yeah, you have to fall in line. If that's the kind of path you want, then that's where you have to ride with Sony. It's not that it's not that hard of a choice, really, when you think about it. Like if that's what you like, then that's what you do. You know, and, and one of the things that yeah. Sony has that Xbox doesn't have is history. And, you know, the fact that you can go back to PS1, PS2 uh, games, that's huge. That's massive. I, I don't know what they'll be doing if they'll, they'll uh, upgrade them, you know, like having faster loading times. I don't know about any of that. But just the fact that you can actually go and play these games, that's that's pretty that's a pretty big deal. And I think that that's a really yeah, cool sure. um, feature. Uh, you know, at seventeen ninety nine a month, it's a, it's a hard sell for some. But ultimately, I, I think that that's... That Sony, knowing that they can't compete with Xbox Game Pass, that they've doubled down on the right stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think we're too far apart. Um, I want to start first by, I kind of jokingly said something about the echo chamber. Um, If if you are listening to this show and you are expecting another just blatant, no frills game pass circle jerk podcast episode no. it's not gonna happen first yep. of all we already did that like way back in the beginning uh we sung this 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 service's praises but we are gonna be we're, we're gonna call it down the middle so you know we're not gonna fall for kind of the, the narrative that's we're out not- there right now and just blindly you know ps plus bad sony's no. on their last legs game packs is king we're gonna call it there's pros and, and cons. And it's not even to like we're calling really it down is. the middle. It's the fact that. that we're t- 
talking about each of these things in terms of what they're trying to well, we're accomplish. We're being fair. You know, we're not we're not putting things on sure, on yeah. Sony's uh, PS Plus that they're not trying to, to do. You know, like you know what I mean? It's like, oh, they're not. They don't have day one games. Yeah. That's not what Sony wants. That's not what they can do. They financially couldn't do it. And Jim Ryan just told you that. Like, you know. Yeah. Look, you were told you were going to get sold an Apple. The, the, that was the rumor yep. for forever. These last several months. It's going to be an Apple. It's going to be an Apple. It's going to be an Apple. And when it came out, you got an Apple. And what did y'all do? Why didn't he get an orange? <laughs> though? I, wanted a, I wanted a grapefruit. I love grapefruit. Why is it I Michael Jackson? It. <laughs> Why did Michael Jackson want a grapefruit? No, it turned into... Uh, I don't know. Crazy. Maybe it pairs well with propofol. It pairs oh, well no. with propofol. Um, oh, good. <laughs> it's to die for. Um, all right. So here's the thing. Yeah, Pablo, I think you you were kind of on fire there, and I'm I'm gonna probably just piggyback on most of it because it's the same stuff I have in my notes. This is a consolidation move, and and it was going to be a consolidation move since Spartacus Spart- concept was leaked to us. Um, <laughs> It, it this to me was a move, and I I consider this a, a positive, is it is prioritizing the PlayStation lineage and nostalgia with backwards compatibility. To me, that is the biggest selling point and positive about this. It is an embracing of the PlayStation lineage and ecosystem in a way that I think makes it feel less like this weird PS Now tack-on that's over there and kind of being weird and streaming and strange, and now it's making it feel more ingrained in the PlayStation identity and the PlayStation history. It's more of a, it, it's more of a, of a point of emphasis now, to me, by making it a part of this service. Um, I would also say, um, on top of the consolidation and the and the lineage and nostalgia factor, is um, there are going to be a rotating selection of, of of hits. I know Returnal sure. is going to be on there for people who have been interested in that. And 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 to that point, you know, a lot of this, and we'll get to it in a bigger way later with like day and date stuff that Game Pass does. But you know, I would if I didn't take the plunge on Returnal last year. And I found this out for this service. I'd be like, "Oh, cool! Now I can actually try Returnal." So I'm still getting a little bit of a, albeit milder, Game Pass like effect of being able to try something that I wouldn't have really been too keen on, like just blindly spending seventy bucks on. So you still get a little bit of that. It's just in a very, very small. And look, Shadow Warrior Three is it came out on PS now as on day one. So they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not like not doing what Game Pass is doing. Yeah, exactly. They're not saying they're not saying that, that there won't be any day and date games, period. They're just saying right now, first party day and date games aren't going to be a part of this and yeah. may change down the line. Still doesn't say anything about third party. So, yeah, you're right. Shadow Warrior 3 is an example of maybe they'll work out these little arrangements with some some other games and, and have some new day and, and date experiences forget, like that. And let's not forget, they have released uh, day one games, like first party games on uh, PS uh, Plus. You know they did it with All Stars, uh, the All Star with the yeah. the crashy crashy game that sucked, the yeah destruction, destruction All crashy Stars. crashy All Star <laughs> games like that game that game came out day one on on, on uh, PlayStation uh, Plus. So I mean again, it's not out of this world to think that a first party game could release on that system day one. Not at all. You know. Now one thing I do want to yeah. say 
that people were kind of using that to kind of say, see, Jim Ryan is saying that Xbox is not making quality games because they're trying to rush them out on Game Pass. I don't think that's exactly what Jim Ryan was saying. All he was saying is that we, no, Sony, can't do that because we, we're not, we're not Microsoft. We don't have, we don't have that what, the, yeah. the money to do that, and that makes total sense. Because at first, he, when he said that, exactly. I was kind of like, ooh, I don't like, I don't like. But it, Marco kind of talked about it, it's like that makes a lot of sense. So he's saying simple: if we want. Day one games on here. That means that we have to do a certain amount of of development stuff that we don't like to do in order to push these games out quick and have a lot of them. Otherwise, if we base our service on day one stuff, we're going to be in big trouble. And that that makes a lot of sense, you know. Yeah. The reality is, Sony's not a multi-trillion-dollar nope. company like Microsoft. Their pockets are, are are they are deep, but they're not as as you know as much as Microsoft right. is. So what he's literally saying is, guys. We can't really afford to do that. So if we put it on this Game Pass-like thing with day and date drops, the, the, the problem is that's going to be less revenue for us. And when we have less revenue, we can't funnel that revenue right. back into budgets for making the, game, the games that you love. So the reality is, is that even if we... Even if we wanted to, financially, it doesn't make sense because we wouldn't be able to support our studios yeah. the same. So that's what he's trying to say. It's not like, oh, there's the Game Pass quality games because they just kind of phone those in and put them out there for cheap. It's not. This is not great value brand type of insult he's, he's making against Xbox. He's just saying, look, we can't do that. We can't do that and we kind of don't Exactly. That's, that's the other big thing about that. And we'll know? get into that in a bit. We'll, we'll get into that in a second too. My, my only cons... <clears throat> You know, I will still, I will still say the day, the day and date drops it would, would have been Absolutely. great. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it was a, you know, it wouldn't have been cool. So I will say that as a downside. I'll also say that just top level, it's not an, it's not a sexy service. It's not an exciting new thing that's going to really like reinvigorate a lot of people. I just think it was a smart move to kind of, you know, conjoin PS Now and 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 uh, PS Plus in, in a way that kind of makes more sense. Uh, in an organized fashion, but um, that's all I have for pros I, I and cons. I will say so, one one kind um, of uh, con that I had here is it's not a conflicting kind of like ethos, but in that new console, you know, new stuff, and are we're pushing old games as our main kind of like uh, thing. It, it just how it looks is a little bit oh, okay. I mean, it's it, like you said, it's not sexy. It's not it's not like oh, this is going to be. This is gonna be like what what we do now. Like it's it it's not. It's 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 a very it's a subscription mm-hmm. service for certain people, for sure. <clears throat> right. Um so with that being said, when we think about these pros and cons, Pablo, what when we think about what kind of consumer is this good for and what kind of consumer is this yeah. maybe not for at all? I think uh, this is a opinion. great thing for a Marco. Uh, Marco who's grown up on PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games, and, you know, has the ability to go back and hopefully play uh, some of those games that he either... Yeah, yeah. this is... It's for the nostalgic, retro-minded, long-time That's PS right. gamer. I, and I'm not one game. of those, yeah. but uh, I could be talked into the service if Metal Gear Solid for PS One is on here. You know what I mean? Like these little things are out there. Like these 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 really cool games that are that I either uh, miss playing or or did play and just kind of want to revisit. But it, it is definitely for a certain kind of person, and that is more than okay. But mm-hmm. you know, 
Was that? I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. But That's also the you. fact I'm that it has, you, sure. you know, uh, PS5 and PS4 games uh, is, 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 is interesting. You know, it's, it's good. And they're going to add more games and, and I, that, that'd be awesome to go in there and maybe play a game that I might've missed or something within the last few years. Uh, All that stuff is great. Now, (laughs) one thing that we didn't mention at all as a con is PlayStation three still streaming, uh, games. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to say that. That's that's kind of that. That's but that, so that, that sorry. But that's, that's low how effort. man how that just goes to show how fucked the play, PS3 uh, sales processing shit was that they couldn't even <laughs> make this work. But yeah, um, that, that's what this is for. It, it, it's for the nostalgic PlayStation fan. It is actually, and I hate this term, but I'm gonna use it. It's kind of like a love letter to Sony fans in, in, in that way, where it's like, hey, I, I know you guys have been with, with us the whole time. We're going to give you the opportunity to play everything we've ever done, you know, theoretically. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I think that this is definitely a retro nostalgia focus. This is a tale of 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 a known of known quantities. This is there's not going to be a lot of games that are really going to be, and I'll talk about it kind of the, the contrast on the Xbox side. But this is for the people that that kind of know what they like and know what they want to go back to. This is not for someone who wants to experiment. This is not a here and now type of service. It's for the trip down memory lane, uh, and it's it, it, and the the key is going to be how how smooth of a ride well, you know that what, trip though? is going to be. It's it's not really like they're carving out a path based on what they can and cannot do. It's simple. If Xbox had the history, they would be doing the same thing. Look at Nintendo. Nintendo's a lot of services based on nostalgia period. Like, so yeah, so Sony's just taking yeah. advantage of what they can and they're, they're being really smart about it. Cause even if, if Xbox could, they would, I mean, they have all the Xbox uh, original games on there. So like if they could, they would, if they can't. And that's the thing mm. that Sony has over uh, Xbox. That is, that I think it's really cool and really like smart of them to double down on. Yeah. Now here's an interesting one that I would say answers this question of what consumer is this for? And this doesn't get talked about enough, Pablo, but I'm going to go there. Um, it's not super controversial, but I, this is for people who still prefer to buy physical or digital first party games straight out more. So I, I would almost lean more towards like focusing on the physical copy thing because there's a lot of people and PlayStation is kind of known for having a, a, a user base that still largely prefers uh, physical copies. So one of the things that has come out is that uh, I believe that the, the percentage is almost 90% um, of, of gamers are, are more digital mm-hmm. now um, than physical. However, um, sales data has shown that on the PlayStation side, physical games still account for 51% of all purchases that for video games. That sounds like a bunch of stubborn motherfuckers. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot, though. Whether, you, whether, you, whether you're with that, I mean, I'm yeah, a digital yeah, gamer yeah, yeah. all the way. I've been for a while. But that's a really, really telling thing. So... If you're one of those people who like to collect, like to have their hard copy of a game, that's just how you roll, it's what you do, this might be maybe not the the big the big deal you need it to be. And so you don't really if, if you're that person, you might not necessarily care that these games aren't dropping day and date on the service because you still want to buy the physical copy anyway. 
And it doesn't get talked about a lot because people just have a hard time fathoming that people really are that way. But those people are it, out here, man. GameStop still has customers. And the thing is this. And the thing you know with that I mean? is, if you're a Sony fan, and let's be real. If you're a Sony fan based on the software and the IP they have, this is what you got. So, like, this is – if you wanted a Game Pass kind of thing, then go buy Xbox. It is what it is at this point. Now, if you love your PlayStation mm. because of the fact that you love the, the DualSense and you love uh, the DualShock and you love – uncharted and love all those games then this is what you got and this is what you have to to contend with it, it is what it is at that point so like I, I the whole conversation of of you know the conversation we're having is is sony is doing the best they can with what they can do and that's super important and like you said 51 percent of people are still buying physical copies and so that's going to ease their decisions in terms of what they need to do and and, and yeah Exactly. If you're Sony and you're seeing those that percentage is still largely physical copies, you're not thinking to yourself, man, we really need to get a yeah. Game Pass killer out there because you're seeing people are still buying your games full price, not just digitally, but physically as well. So why would you leave $70 of money yeah. on the table? If you're Sony, it's not a smart business move. I'm sorry. They they can only be so consumer focused. They have you know, to make money, guys, or else there is no place to call it as it is. Sony and Nintendo, they're the real tastemakers here uh, in terms of uh, of the industry. Yeah. And so they 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 like we've like Marco mentioned before early on in this segment is that they don't need to. Sony doesn't need to do anything. They don't need, they don't. and then the Guys, keyword here is don't. need. Xbox and Game Pass, they needed that. They needed that 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 thing to kind of set them apart and kind of put them in the race of uh, of the console uh, wars, if mm-hmm. you want to call them that. But you know, uh, it's it's worked for Xbox. You know, there's a report that said that Xbox in the next five years is going to take a larger chunk of the percentage in terms of home consoles, which is great. That that worked. This is not going to change Sony's uh, lead in, in that department or the fact that they are the actual tastemakers when it comes to home consoles. And it is what Thank it is. Thank yeah. you, mm-hmm. sir. Thank you, sir. Because that's, that's the narrative that I'm tired of hearing. I'm tired of hearing. I've heard podcasts that have been saying, man... Sony's got to get in where they can fit. Like they've got to do it now, or they're in trouble, or there won't be a PlayStation Six. There won't be because they have to not now. Uh, Xbox has set the bar, and they have no choice but to do. No, they have a lot and of I'm, choices. You guys, and look, they I'm do. guilty of, of of that. I think I'm on record one of the on one of these shows saying that Sony needs an uh, uh, a Game Pass to compete, and that's because of how novel and how. Uh, incredible and how great game pass you know comes across in terms of like day one stuff but ultimately when you look at the 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 numbers and when you look at kind of what is happening in the industry um you know the the game pass came out of necessity and 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 sony is not there i mean maybe in the future they might need to do something a little more aggressive maybe i don't know but looking at the numbers and what the future is showing and kind of like the trends Sony don't need to do. Sony doesn't need to do a Game Pass killer or a Game Pass comp- competitor. You, you don't. You, you don't call nine one one because you think That's there right, might yeah. be a fire. You call when there's smoke. You yeah. call when there's fire. Right now, I mean, even with Horizon Forbidden West, I'm looking at another article. Forty nine percent of those sales in the UK, at least, we got to yeah, we got to yeah, think yeah, yeah. too. It's not just about what's happening stateside. Forty nine percent of those were digital sales. The other fifty one percent is physical. You're telling me Sony wants to walk away from those physical yeah. sales? Nah. 
No, I'm sorry. So yeah. sorry. It's and, not and, and again, it's not gonna I, I guess the, the counter argument to me with that, well, if you have it free on a subscription service at that point, then you'll have more money through subscriptions. The problem, the, sure, the issue with that is, is that yeah. Jim Ryan doesn't believe that subscriptions are, are, are the future of, of, of the industry. And exactly. I think, you know, I think Jim Ryan is, exactly. is a, is a knows what he knows a little bit more about that kind of stuff than we do. And I think if he believes that, I think that's, that's the way he should take this company period. Plus, I think two things can be true. There could be a future where live service games are big and, 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 and subscription yeah, and models kind of was like my Game point, Pass are big. Uh, A little later as well, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so speaking of which, why don't we go ahead and, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and shift gears into uh, in, into Game Pass and, and let's talk about that. Um, and, and let's see if this is as flawless of a service as, as, as we have been hearing out here in these streets. But... Um, all jokes aside, pros and cons of Game Pass, in your opinion. Pablo, uh, I was listening to our, our segment from way back when we talked about the good, the bad, and the Ma- maga wow. of, uh, of Game Pass. Um, and it was an interesting listen because a lot of that still held up yeah. to this day. And some of it yeah. is a little different now because um, of the landscape of gaming and the reputation of Game Pass and obviously the acquisitions and stuff now too. So with all that new stuff in mind... What are the pros and cons of this? Yeah, pros are, are simple and, and are, are obvious. You know, day one stuff, uh, first party games coming out on day one. Uh, the, the the monthly releases of games, third party games that we're getting. We just got Weird West uh, this this year. Uh, we also got um, Crusader Kings 3. Games that are highly touted. Maybe not games for us, but games nonetheless that are, yep. are highly touted. Um, and, and all that stuff. You know, just the fact that... You, MLB the show is coming. I mean, this is this is just really a an incredible uh, thing that Xbox has going for it, and it, it is it is essential to me. I think it is it, it saves me so much money. It is one of the uh, best deals in video games. All that is true, uh, and you know that those are pros. And my con is is how much they how much the service requires and leans on those first or day one releases to the point where. Now we're seeing the fact that okay, what's next? You we got Starfield coming out this year. Uh, whatever that you know uh, that game that was supposed to come out, Redfall this summer. Like now we're gonna get mm-hmm. into this weird point where it's like right now when you look at what Xbox has said or not said, there's not much going on. You know, I just mentioned Crusader Kings three, and I just mentioned Weird West. Those are really cool games, but they're not the games that people are wanting you know and 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 that's the thing where it's like let's throw a lot of stuff onto the service and it kind of masks the issue where there's a lot of stuff here that's being thrown onto the service that is not for a lot of people it is i can't wait to i cannot wait to yeah it is it is so much and i'm not gonna say vaporware because a lot of stuff is 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 cool stuff it's a little it's it's not vaporware but it's it's a little fluffy exactly they're fluffing the numbers they're hyping up games that should have no business being hyped up and it's one of i mean shredders is absolutely awful uh i hate that game and it's like you know it got it got touted as like oh like this is a really fun kind of game maybe the next 1080 snowboarding no none of that so there's this weird you know, gap when it's when the going is good. Oh, it's good, but when it's bad, like it is right yes. now. I mean, let's think about it. Let's think about the next first party game that's coming out. Uh, I I don't know. Redfall is coming out this summer. We don't know what the hell this game is. Nobody's uh, talking about. Starfield is the only thing coming, 
And yes, yeah. you can be excited about the promise of Gears of Gear Six. You can be excited at the promise about Fable, of whatever Halo has down down the pike, of whatever uh, Bethesda has with Elder Scrolls. All that stuff, of course, be excited for that. But that is so far off from when that's going to actually happen. What are we looking for to day to day? tomorrow they don't have the history of sony to lean on at all uh and they've already kind of told you what the service is to the point where now they'll have to probably most likely lean on third-party releases uh as they're kind of stalwarts in terms of this is what we have for 2022 which is fine the problem with that is um I i wonder what they're making off of that because I heard, I've read a report saying that in order for them to have gotten uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they paid an arm and a leg for that. Like they paid a lot of money for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they were man- if they got their money back off of that. Whatever the case may be, there's a lot of stuff being released onto the system that is kind of questionable, and even to a point where it's like I I almost don't want them to release anything if it means that we'll get something good down the line in terms of like save your money and get me something good uh but man so much shit is being released on the system daily weekly that means nothing to me i mean like the big releases like i said were west were weird uh west and and crusader kings um yeah. and you know i guess people love those games again they're highly touted but they're not games that are going to speak to everybody yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, I think um, this is where Game Pass fanboys got to yeah. buckle up a little bit because I mean I'm not you know I'm not going to bite the right, hand right. that fed me. It, Game Pass is a, is is a very very good service. I just am not of that camp that thinks it's no. it's perfect. So a lot of what you said is exactly how I feel. Um, I have a few other extra points too, but I think. Um, Obviously, the pros of day and date drops for first parties and, and the, you know, the nice clip of, of consistent indie and AAA third party add ons that happen to kind of keep things interesting throughout the year. It is a really nice cadence, I think, uh, well, most of the time um, when it comes to seeing some some new drops that are like, oh, I'll give that a download and check that out. Um in terms of cons, yeah, I I kind of want to look at if you're looking at the, like a, if you take a snapshot of Game Pass right now, I think it is the perfect representation of what Game Pass has been like present yeah. day. Obviously, you can't speak on the future when Bethesda games start dropping and Activision Blizzard games start dropping. That's a different story. But right now, the current climate for Game Pass is a little inconsistent at times. If you look at it right now, here's what you have going for you if you're Game Pass. You've got a great racing game that most people aren't playing yep. anymore. You've got a legendary first-person shooter game that's going through a world of problems with player retention, despite being on Game Pass. People don't got no patience. Right? You've, got, you've got a lot of middling third-party AAA games that come out, the occasional cool one. You've got a lot of indie stuff that you're getting day one kind of middling as well couple of bright spots people really like tunic right yeah, now. yeah, so there's, yeah. There's, there's there's those types then you get then you get the weird wests of the world that are just kind of hovering in this weird like lukewarm to average bracket of quality and then you got a whole lot of questions about what you're going to get for the rest of this year so now you got a subscription that you're paying monthly and right now like pablo said when is the next big day and date first party drop coming exactly? All we really know 
is we're getting Starfield. Yeah. Great. What about between now and and yeah. then? You know? So, yes, there will probably be third-party games that they're going to snag and put on Game Pass to kind of keep things fresh and, and keep the value proposition somewhere. But that first-party release cadence right now is currently still too slow and too rickety with quality, like I talked about with Halo, to really kind of, you know, to, to love the, the... You can love the theory of day-and-date yeah. first-party games, but the output is... I hate to say it, but it is a factor I mean, in it's this, what they, right? It's what they kind so of lean that's their a problem. on. Like it's, it's, if Sony's leaning on the old stuff, yeah. like the nostalgia, Xbox is definitely leaning on the new stuff, and, and we're not getting enough of that, you know? Yeah. And you, and on the third-party front, I'm sorry, but sometimes they don't always pick no. them well. We've talked about it in previous episodes, The Ascent and Outrider. You know, like some people do kind of dig those games, but we like Weird West. Stuff like that is just not really that exciting and a lot of those games end up being kind of yeah. mediocre um so it's it's a little tricky sometimes with i think the way they pick those yeah those, and, those and games. you know i've seen i've seen that argument being made on 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 social media as well as like okay so what first party games is sony gonna have this year on their okay i get that point but that doesn't matter because i'm paying for xbox game pass and i want xbox game pass to deliver on what they've promised it's yeah, a subscription, subscription model. model and yeah. so it's hard for anybody, and it, it, again, it, it's a great deal. But to, to pay monthly for a surprise, because that's what that, that's what that's what we're waiting for between now and Starfield is that surprise third party game that's going to come out. That's going <laughs> to yeah. be like, "Woo! I can't believe it blew our minds. It's it's finally here." That's that's what yeah. we're waiting for. That's what the subscription model has become. Is just wait wait and see until we decide to pay a lot of money to get yes. a, a really cool game for you guys. Look. Free games. There's no denying. A couple of years ago, you would have told me and Marco, "Hey, this is going to be a, a it's going to be a, a basically a Netflix for video games. You pay one monthly and you get a whole all these free games. That is still dope. That is still dope as shit. I love that. Of course, shit. no but question. You have no to question. when you have a business model and a subscription model that you're selling to us. I'm going to hold you to that. And right now. I can see the holes in the in the marketing in the uh, everything you're saying and everything I'm seeing. Mm. That's not you know that's not congealing. There's something there that's 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 off right now. And you know a lot a lot of that goes back to what we talked about uh, in, uh, in the earlier uh, segment about uh, the fact that there's troubles right now in in Microsoft and Microsoft first party world. So hopefully they they, they get those mm. fixed. Hopefully they they get they iron out all those problems and in the future. This will be oh, yeah. fine, 100%. but it's only been a couple of years, and they're already kind of struggling to to keep that 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 model uh, going. You know, they've already pretty much exhausted their history with their Xbox original games. So they, yeah, they have nothing else. They're not they're not doing any more backwards right. compatibility. They, all they have to do is look it's, to the future, and yeah, you know, the future right now for Xbox is a little bit uh, worrisome, in my opinion. If that's if that's what that is, then yeah. the, what that's going to suffer is the service in which is planted in the future of Xbox. And look, me and Pablo, are we love us some Xbox. I'm an Xbox guy. We, Xbox we really first do. guy it's for not, sure. Yeah. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm more split, but yeah, I mean, Pablo's definitely more. I mean, we don't, we're not trying to just go against the grain no. for the sake of going against the grain. Again, the parade is already kind of in motion for Xbox right now. 
given kind of people's reaction to what Sony's done and just the adoration for Game Pass. And you can you can love the service, but I'm just not big on putting blinders on to some of the issues that it has. Yeah. And I do think that we have done a good job in this segment of talking about what some of those concerns are. And I yeah. think they're legitimate and, and, ones. And I think that we're, so. we're, we're being, you know, we're being smart about this because a lot of people are looking for the killing blow. Anything that Microsoft does, that's that's it. Sony's over. Anything Sony does, that's it. Xbox over. Rest they in peace. They consistently yeah. want yeah. the killing blow. And that is, I'll tell you this right now, guys, that's never going to happen. The death of any console isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to happen, you know, through a long period of time. And so if Xbox does end up dying, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's going to be many, 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 many years from now as the same thing for Sony, same thing for Nintendo. It's just to use a term mm-hmm. that somebody used in in, uh, in Undead Labs, death by a thousand cuts. That's what's going to kill a console and it's not going to be one thing, you know? The one thing can start that, but it's not going to yeah. be the one thing that kills it. For sure. So, Pablo, based on pros and cons, who is Game Pass good for and who is it maybe not good right, for? It's good for, I would say, if we're talking about just the actual you know, Game Pass itself, I think it's good for more people than not. And, you know, If you have an Xbox and you play games and you play a lot of games, I think you should have Game Pass. I think it's an essential part of, the, of Game Pass. Unlike Sony's, uh, it's not really essential, but I think that the Game Pass, because of the way they've built it, is essential to to the system, and that's because of how kind of Microsoft uh, has built that entire system. Uh, who it's not for, I, I guess mm-hmm. it's hard for me to. I don't think. I honestly think that if you don't play a lot of games and you just own a thing, I, you know, paying fourteen or one hundred and twenty dollars a year, or whatever that is, might not be for you. Especially if you're just gonna play Madden, you're gonna play those games. But I, I yeah. think for me. I would say, even with all the, the stuff we said, I think if you own an Xbox and you play a lot of games, you have to have Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, I I think this service is perfect for the buffet lover. <laughs> if you love buffets and you're not afraid of getting a little of that Rona, this is the service for you. If you're a dabbler, if you like to dabble, if you like to just kind of test out some stuff, experiment stuff, try that out, try a little of this, try a little of that, this is this is for you. Um, if you're more intentional, and if you know exactly what your tastes are, if you have a very selective, selective palette, um, like I'll even throw myself out there, I'm a very picky gamer. Um, I don't really, I don't really like to break out of my my usual type of games. It might not necessarily be for you because you're not maybe looking to experiment around and try all these new weird games. Uh, it's cool that you have access to them, but you might not you might not be as excited about trying some weird top down isometric game that isn't anything like what you typically play. It's just yeah, nice but the, that it's the, there. the thing with that is that the price point comes back into play where it's like if one of the games you want to play is on there and it's sixty dollars, why not just pay the fifteen for the month? And have access to it, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. But I, I, I don't think that's. Um, I do think that there's people who don't who don't necessarily rush to that's go right. get that anyway and, and and view it that way though. And and I also think as a side item for this, I don't think there's any chance the price of Game Pass stays the same as it is right now. Um, once Bethesda and Activision games start start heading down the pipeline. So I would enjoy this price while you can. I think it's yeah. going up. I think it's going to get Netflixed. Uh, and I, and I think that's on, definitely sure. par for the course. Um, now, not to yeah. throw any ideas out there. If they're going to release first party games at a really good clip, a couple of months, just, I mean, it, it, it's going to go up and it's, 
it's still going to be worth it, but they're not there yet, you know, and we have to have that consistency, and that's something that Xbox Game Pass has shown that they have not gotten down, consistency. You know, we got Forza mm-hmm. and we got Halo back to back. Incredible. And nothing for yeah. a really, really long time. um you know what else though i think this is also not for somebody who is a big day one buyer because of what you talked about earlier it it, mainly for third-party games obviously but if you're somebody that is not going to wait for the hope that it's that a game you want is going to come to game pass you're going to probably buy the game like marvel's guardians of the galaxy any other time, I probably would have waited for that to come to Game Pass if it wasn't for you know the recommendation Pablo gave me. So I bought it. And there's a lot of third-party games. Like, let's just throw one out there. The new Saints Row that's coming out later this year. I don't think I'm waiting for the faint chance that it might be on right. Game Pass. I don't, I don't want to roll the dice like that and then just kind of be sitting around twiddling my thumbs hoping that Microsoft miraculously puts the game that I want to play on Game Pass on Game Pass. I know that they... They've done a pretty decent job of, of finding the right games like that sometimes, but I don't want to wait. I had to, I'm sorry. But I, I'm not that guy. So if I have the means and the money to get a game early or on day one, instead of waiting for Game Pass to put it on there for me, then that's what I'll do. So I personally don't get a lot of that benefit out of game pass like somebody else would who who might be a little bit more patient for third-party games to come to game pass than 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 i am so um i i would throw that out there as a potential factor as well uh if i'm thinking about who this could or could not be good for um because i'd be buying games um so i'm gonna kind of merge these these last two ones pablo um Thinking about all these factors we've discussed, you think about it, is Game Pass truly unbeatable? Does PS Plus really stack up in comparison? And who's winning the battle or who's going to yeah. win the war? Like, kind of, where does all this, where do all the yeah, chips I land, mean, do you in, think? In, in right this now? sense, and let's kind of take the, the question on, on just surface Is Game Pass unbeatable? Yes. Nobody can beat Game Pass. Does Sony want to beat Game Pass? No. Is Sony trying to make something to, to beat? No, it's not. It, it's I think to your going right back to your fruit analogy. I think it is apples and oranges to what they're trying to accomplish. You pay monthly, sure. That's you paying a monthly fee is basically all it has in common. I mean, really, honestly, when you think about it, when it's it's they're mm-hmm. both trying to do different things. They're both not trying to to uh, you know Xbox doesn't have the ability to to lean on its legacy. PlayStation does. Xbox has money, so they're able to do first party games and even third party games on day one. Sony does not, and they're not interested in that. They want to do live service games. So I think yes, Game Pass is unbeatable in its current form because there's nobody who wants to do it. One. Sony and can do it. Sony, so it's it's fine. It's it's one of those things. In terms of the future of games and who's going to win the battle, who's going to win the war, I I don't think that matters. I think that what you said very early on is that there is going to be room in this industry, just as there always been for three consoles: Nintendo, you know, Sega, uh, Sony. Now mm-hmm. Xbox taking the place of Sega. That's always going to be the case, and they're all going to do different things. And I think that that's viable. I think right now we're seeing Nintendo have its own thing, its own kind of uh, subscription service. Sony have its own kind, and Xbox have its own kind, and they're all 
doing fine. They're all doing fine within that escape. So in terms of who's going to win the war, there is no war, right? That's kind of the end. Of, there is exactly. no war. In terms of like, uh, you know, vying for your dollars, I think you're going to pick the system that better fits you. And if it's all three, it's all three. If it's just two out of three, it's one of three, whatever the case may be, I think that's the future of video games. I, I This whole notion that Xbox is going to kill Sony or Sony is going to overcome that by their own subscription service is short-sighted and it uh, and it just kind of shows you that people don't understand what people love about consoles and video games and where their loyalty lie. You know, I, I liked Xbox One. I liked uh, the original Xbox, Xbox One, Xbox 360. I owned them all. I liked them more in terms of where I play my third-party games than the other consoles. And it, those are during times mm-hmm. that were bleak, you know, for, for the system. It's just what the, the ecosystem that I prefer had nothing to do with Game Pass. Game Pass is just an added bonus. Same thing with all the other companies. So, sure, yeah. yeah, that's where I stand on all that. Yeah. I, I yeah I, I I totally get you. I think for me, um, to me, even if let's say Jim Ryan comes out a few weeks from now and says, "Guys, we heard your feedback. We understand that this is a the day and date first party games is something you want," and they come up with some yeah. type of solution for that. I don't think we're eating nope. our words in this podcast anyway, because there's still different core philosophies and business strategies that are in place. To your point for Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, like you said. Um, I I never want these these three competitors to be carbon copies of each other. I, I, I hate that future, and that's part of the reason why I'm okay with all these acquisitions, because it's time for there to be some true yeah. differences with these consoles to make each of them unique and not just the same games plus some different first-party games. You know what I mean? And I think that this strategy for Sony might not be the most, uh, again, the sexiest strategy in the world, but it's a business strategy. It's not a fan strategy. And that's a very, very important distinction to make. They, they, they know they have fans. They've been around for longer than, than Xbox. They know yep. they've got people. Right now, what they're trying to do is be financially sustainable, to pro- make profit, to hit their numbers, and to you know take some bold new steps. And sometimes those steps are not going to be the same as what Xbox is doing. Trust me, if you wanted Sony to be more like Xbox, then... Did you were you around for the Xbox One <laughs> launch? Uh, you wouldn't. You would not That's want that you want. at all. Yeah. So you shouldn't want. You shouldn't want the why can't you be more like because these 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 console manufacturers go from being the hero to the villain to the hero to the villain every console cycle. It's always a rotating. Yeah, Nintendo's uh, probably the only so, one that's a, a constant. But in terms of that, like. PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and now we're in this yeah. like kind of in between. Yeah, the roles yeah. always reverse. Yeah. So you're right about the who's winning the battle, who's winning the war. It was kind of a setup question because there is, like you know, Pablo said, there is no war. It's yeah. not about that. It's, it, is, uh, it is each of these three companies finding their own respective lanes, and it's doing fine yep. for them right now. Um, and I think a lot of this noise is coming from people who, kind of like us, have the, you know, the means of having all three consoles. And you can sort of pick and choose which one you want to stick with the most. But if you're a person that can only choose one console and you pick PlayStation, and yeah, you don't have a lot of the things that Xbox has, but they don't have a lot of That's the right. things that you have either on your console. So you made your choice, so you get 
you get what you pay for, and that comes with good and bad and everything else in between. Um, I feel like a lot of this noise about this battle, this versus, uh, is from people who can sort of pick and choose. Uh, you know, I, and, I would say that um, I think that the, the, the noise from that even comes from people who want all three consoles and can't have them, and so they 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 kind of oh. they kind of make that argument. I think people who are content with just their Sony console because you know that's all they want. I, I don't think they're making any yeah. noise. I think they're like, oh, that's, this is what I want. I like God of War. I like this. But I think people who have an Xbox who want yes. a Sony PlayStation or, or uh, a Nintendo Switch are like, oh, fuck those things because I can't have them. Nobody can type of, uh, type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple of friends that are just devout PlayStation yeah. gamers. They're just like, no. I mean, one of, one of my close to, uh, closer friends gave away his Xbox one day, you know, for just out of nowhere. He's like, I, I don't, I don't I have this a, anymore. It's I have a coworker do. who has PlayStation uh, Five. He's a huge PlayStation fan. Doesn't care anything about Xbox. Oh, that's cool. Like there, there's nothing piques his interest about Xbox. And he's out here like Xbox sucks. Nintendo sucks. It's just I, I, I like exactly. my Sony PlayStation. That's kind of where I'm at. You can like what you like without like tearing yep. down the other thing. You just it's it's different strokes right. for different folks, man. So. It is what it is, but I think the upside is obviously bright for Microsoft with Game Pass. I think it'll just be a matter of you know how profitable will it yeah. remain, and how, you know how, uh, how will they it? how will they handle yeah how will they handle the consistency of games and and you know all their acquisitions mm-hmm. in the process. But um, yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be a unique thing to watch for sure. So uh, yeah, uh, in the meantime, I think that is just about going to do it for this week's show. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I know we were a little against the grain uh, with what you're hearing out there, but hopefully you liked it. Until next time, uh, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed these different takes. And don't forget to follow us on IG at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod so that we'll always be in your FOV. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Make me feel good.